Once again, welcome to the Rawness Podcast. I am Josh Lewis, the host of the podcast, the creator of rawness.com, the guy who basically does everything. I can't believe it. Episode five. We are in this for the long haul. We haven't been canceled. We have no sponsors because I'm I'm the sponsor. I'm the person putting it on, handling everything. I'm having a good time introducing people that I enjoy talking to, that I enjoy reading or listening to on a regular basis. And I hope you're enjoying it too because this is fun. Even with all of the COVID-19 slash coronavirus stuff going on, I'm happy that there are still conversations to be had. There's still entertaining people to listen to, and that's what rawatas.com uh, is for and the Rawatas podcast. Of course, we are on Apple Podcasts now, and that is a big deal. I don't know why it's a big deal, but it's a big deal. You can always go to rawatas.com. The podcast uh, link is in the menu bar at the top. Man, this week I have someone really special that I think everybody knows and loves. Mr. Johnny Lieberman, the senior editor of Motor Trend Magazine. Guy you've seen all over YouTube. Hi there. Yeah, he's on the podcast. Now, in this podcast, we had a a kind of a finite amount of time. We were recording between his son's nap. He has a three-year-old son. And then you're listening to it now. Wednesday. April 9th. Wait, is it April 9th? No, it's April 8th. What am I thinking? The days. It don't even make sense anymore. I don't even know what the hell day it is. I don't know what month it is unless I look at my phone. That's about it. I'm sure everybody feels the same way. The days are just running on. That's okay. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not ideal. But how's everybody doing? Finances going okay? You know, dealing with stuff? You stir crazy yet? Hanging out in your home? Getting mad at your spouse, your kids, yourself. I feel like these things, you know, in situations like this, more than anything, there is irrational annoyances and irrational just anger (laughs) that happens. Um, I speak from experience. I love my wife. I'm glad she's home. This is, I, I enjoy the time that we have together, but sometimes she is stir crazy in the house. I am fine. I'm like, you know what? This is good. I'm happy being here, but she is not entirely happy being home, especially when we have two dogs and a cat and I'm usually home while she is, I work from home 90 plus percent of the time while she is out working, uh, a, you know, a more typical nine to five. And since she's been home, she's like, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. Two dogs and a cat driving you crazy all damn day. They're going nuts. They want to be outside all day long. And our cat is an interesting cat. Uh, All three of our pets are rescues. Our cat is funny because she likes to pee and poop outside at night. Now during the day, she'll go in her litter box or whatever. But because we're home, now she's like, oh, this is great. I can go outside and pee and poop in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whenever I want to. Whenever the dogs go outside for any reason, the cat is like, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, it's like you open the door and it's like just a, just a stampede of, of animals. I mean, it's only three animals, but you know, it's usually my wife running out the door too, because she's like, I got to get the hell out of the house. (laughs) Smell some fresh air. And it is nice. It is nice getting outside. Luckily, we have a backyard. We live on a little less than a quarter of an acre, so not a huge plot of land, but we have a nice backyard with a six-foot privacy fence. You know, we have uh, 2,175 square feet on two levels, so, you know, we're, we're happy. My wife is currently downstairs right now watching, I think, Westworld while I'm recording this intro for the podcast. I have one dog at my feet. Uh, my cat was just walking around a minute ago and my other dog is downstairs with my wife keeping her company. I do want to get this along because I think this is a great, great interview. Uh, Johnny is a fun person to talk to and listen to. Uh, but the crazy thing is this podcast, the actual interview is under an hour, it's under 60 minutes. That's a shocker. So this whole podcast is going to be a little over an hour, which is quite crazy for me. 
anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, please welcome to episode five of the Raw Autos podcast, Mr. Johnny Lieberman. How are you doing? How are you holding up with everything going on? Um, well, the coronavirus lockdown is very weird. Um, and I have a three-year-old, which means that, uh, I think people without children might actually be enjoying themselves, assuming that they can pay rent. Uh, with a three-year-old, there's no enjoyment whatsoever. Uh, they, they can't really go, um, like 10 minutes without, you know, needing something. They have no attention span. And then, you know, you want to be a good parent, not just let them watch TV all day. So, um, my new thing is that, uh, daycare workers should, um, be paid fifty thousand dollars a week. <laughs> oh my god, how do they do this? But uh, but other than that, great. He's taking a nap right now. If he wakes up, I gotta go get him. But uh, right now he's down for the count. So my absolute favorite was yesterday when I asked you if you were ready to go, and you said no. And then you said because your son wouldn't lay down for a nap, and then he puked on you. What ten minutes later? He puked on my hand. Yeah, it's great. He was like he had to spit some food out, and he was like he was like choking. Like, it, like if he doesn't like something. He'll kind of like pretend like he'll like swallow it a little bit, but then like start fake choking it. So it's been like <laughs> show me that it's hurting him, but then he actually just made himself puke. So then, yeah, he just puked all over my hand as I was going to get the food out of his mouth. So what Great. what was it that he didn't like? Oh, it, he liked it just fine. It was it was a chicken quesadilla, but <laughs> it was one of those where like I'm like eat eat another bite. Come on, eat one more bite, one more bite. Come on, come on, you know, because he had three pieces and he ate like maybe one i was just trying to make him eat like the whole thing because you are you know you want your kid to eat and <clears throat> yeah he just puked all over my hand it was awesome and what now that you're a father i'm not a father yes. yet so i i'm i i guess oh I'm, it's the greatest you got to do, <laughs> do, do it now <laughs> do it now immediately just do stop it. what you know what? i'm gonna end the podcast now i'm just gonna go make one Let's just snap your fingers <laughs> well my sister has five which is incredibly irresponsible let's be honest oh my that's yeah i think more than more than two is kind of questionable but go ahead right so it's i've been an uncle since i was uh just before i turned 10 yeah but so what man Be, being an uncle just means that you know i'm you cool to like leave when you feel like it. yeah that's and that's what i've always liked i have two dogs and a cat yeah, yeah. so i'm like yeah, yeah. i can keep my dogs and my cat but then i have like my nieces and nephews over that i'm like okay you can get the hell out now this is fine i, yeah. I love you yeah, from yeah, afar yeah. um right but no no kids kids just literally change everything not better or worse just Different. everything changes yeah that's all yeah so now that you're a father and yeah. you are i think the the main thing is you're an automotive journalist who is a father at the same time which if if i'm if i'm thinking about it becoming a father you know i think about all the cars that my dad hadn't sold that that came and went you know, oh, because you had to be more of a family man. And it's like, why would you do that? When I was 8, 10, 12 years old, why would you do that? Why would you sell that? Now you as a father, has anything changed in terms of how no. you view cars? No, nothing at all. Um, no, we have one kid. So I, I reject the American notion, you know, where you have one kid and like you suddenly need to be driving a uh, army transport vehicle. <laughs> um, like we, we have um, we have a, uh, Audi wagon, uh, Audi all road. Right. And um, my wife's like, she, she's like, it's too big. I hate it. It's hard to park. So we are thinking about getting a smaller car because we don't need that much. Um, you know, like, and this, you know, look, maybe when he starts being in 900 sports and running carpools, but <laughs> I think we'll just lead a different kind of life and we'll avoid all that. And we'll, we'll stick to cool cars. So I still have my, uh, my little Ford uh, Fiesta um, Porsche 914 is getting worked on. Uh, and we're probably ditching the Audi for an Alfa Romeo, which is kind of lateral move in size. Although the Alfa will drive much, much better. It won't be a wagon, sadly, but that's okay. Um, yeah, and then I, I, yeah, SUVs are just uh, I, they're they're just so big and pointless. I agree, I, but uh, I guess the problem is you and I have. I mean, you more than me, but we have the. I guess the, the, the luxury of sorts to understand that SUVs are great in small doses when we're reviewing them. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like after five days, you're like, what else can I do with this? That I don't, I just don't, Yeah, I don't Look, need this. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in favor of like, you know, Wranglers and Land Cruisers and G-Wagons and something that can actually go off road. Right. Um, but, but minivans, cut to look like uh like trucks just what's the point there is none 
Um, I will say I, I do have a soft spot. I have a um, what do I have? I have a Porsche Cayenne Turbo Coupe mm. in the driveway, and I have a soft spot for like stupidly overpowered physics defying things <laughs> like that. I would don't know. I I would when I own one. Yeah, like if someone gave me an Urus, I'd be like, okay, I can I can rock a Lamborghini Urus. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, like I, you know, like I saw a Nissan Pathfinder on the freeway today and it was just so sad to look at it. It's just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like we, had this guy, Mike Febo that used to work for us. And I remember when it first came out, this would have been back in like 2013. He looked at it and he goes, mall finder. And he's right. It's, the <laughs> mall and it's just like, Oh, could you imagine driving a 17 foot long thing with a CVT? It's just like, wah, wah. you know, it's just like, it's, just, it's so sad. I feel like it's once so you reach, a, I feel like once you reach a certain age, your like sexuality kind of becomes a CVT. Like once you've been married long enough and <laughs> Oh, I was just having that conversation. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I, I hope that's not true, but I, I hope it's not true either. I mean, I, you and I both listen to Howard Stern every day and Howard Stern talks about masturbating, you know, 24 seven. Sure. So it's like, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, but I, he's... Yeah, I'm right there with him, but, <laughs> um, I just, but you, but just, there is something like, like I, I, to me, it's like, I, it's one of those weird things. Like I know like intellectually, uh, for most families, there's, there's nothing better than a minivan. And I, I'll have friends, you know, I'm, I just, I'm thinking of one woman in particular, she has four kids and she's like, Oh, you know, I got to get rid of my Escalade. Like, what should I get? I'm like, just get the minivan. You got four kids. You're not fooling anybody. Right. You know, like, right. Exactly. No one thinks you're cool. <laughs> like, like you can have one kid and maybe kind of trick some people into being cool. But if you have four kids, you're not cool. You're, you're just not. You're the opposite. But then at the same time, you're taking like, up space, if anything. Yeah. But then but then like at the same time, I try to like I know the minivan is the right thing to do. But I, I would not that I'd ever take a bus, but like <laughs> I don't think I could ever buy a minivan. You know what I mean? Like I just be like. Like, it's just one of those, and like, I know CVT is like a good fuel economy, but like just driving anything with a CVT is like, I might have to like take a subway, which I would also never do. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just like, oh, I, I just can't stand stuff like that. There's really nothing more miserable than driving a CVT. And let's, let's, let's be honest here. I can't. Oh, it's, I, it's, the, it's the worst. That is absolutely a, a perfect point so two things number one i just had a land cruiser heritage edition oh you had the heritage edition yes i didn't know they had the press car of that well how is it it's fantastic yeah no the land cruiser no no here's the thing no one who it, it, uh how do i put this if you've never driven a land cruiser you don't get it you have no you idea a land cruiser you want to spend eighty six thousand dollars yes on a toyota yesterday and yeah. this is eighty nine thousand right yep. right shy of 90 grand and i'm telling yep. you right now i'm like why would you buy an escalade no need this is it nope. right here this is the nope. perfect suv the brakes are great nope. handling is amazing it's yep. just enough speed and the size is perfect Yep. Oh, look, the, the downside besides the 90,000 is it probably gets 13 miles a gallon. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, you can't say enough good things about the Land Cruiser. You just, you just can't. I mean, I, I always, I've probably told this on a bunch of different podcasts. So excuse me if you've heard me on another <laughs> podcast and you've heard this story, but I had one, uh, I guess it was like last summer and I went to a friend's house and they're, they're fairly well off and, and they, have, they have a Range Rover, right? Uh, three years old and like everything's just starting to fail, fall apart. Right? Yeah. The glass is failing. Right. <laughs> um, so the wife says to me like, Oh, you know, what would, what would you get? And and she actually does off-roading. She's a, she's a photographer and she'll, she'll go off in nature and take photos and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and I'm like, and I, I had, it, I brought it to her house. I'd get one of these. And she's like, look at it. She's like a Toyota. Cause I guess she thought it was a Sequoia or similar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a land cruiser. Right. And she's like looking at it and she's like, ah, this, this is pretty nice inside, you know, but not really getting it. Right. Uh, when I tell her the price, because uh, this was the $88,000 version. So if discounting the heritage version, there's one option on a Land Cruiser. It's rear seat entertainment. Yep. Uh, so this yep. one had it. So it went from 86 to 88,000. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> fast forward the next day and her neighbor is a, it's got like a, he's a very wealthy guy and he's got like a, you know, airplane hangar stuffed with cars. And he heard I was in town. He wanted to come talk to me. He knows who I am. Blah blah. blah. So, anyways, he comes over driving 
a 2001 Toyota Land Cruiser. And she's like, oh, wait a second. This guy has like, you know, Porsches from the 1950s. Right. Why is he driving this? And I'm like, you know, hey, don't you see what I'm talking about? And I, I turned to the, his name was John. And I go, oh, John, I go, how many miles are on your Land Cruiser? He goes, I just cracked 200,000. And I go, and what's gone wrong with it? He looks at me. He's like, nothing. There's like, nothing has ever gone wrong with it. And then I said, would you ever sell it? He goes, why would I sell it? It's perfect. You know, so. The Land Cruiser is, without any doubt, it is the Toyota Camry of SUVs, except way cooler. Yeah, I don't know about the. I, I, I wouldn't even say Camry. I, it's, it's better than that. The Camry is like <laughs> you just kind of you, you kind of buy that because like you just you have nothing you else know. in life. You just don't need what, anything else. Yeah, it's it's just you know it, it's like it's like you're you're buying a stove and you want a good <laughs> stove, but you don't really care that right. Much. Like right. I would, if I was going to buy a stove, I'd be looking at like expensive Italian things because how often <laughs> are you going to buy a stove? So right. Might as well make it good. Right. Uh, which is why I'm going to buy an Alfa Romeo, right? Right. Um, what the hell? Yeah. You know, you only live once. But, you know, Camry's just like, I need to make a sensible decision. The, the Land Cruiser, it's not sensible because it's, it's a lot of money. Um, it but is. it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, to me, it's exciting as like a Porsche 911. It's just like a very exciting vehicle that gets my juices flowing. Um, and, you know, I'm just really happy they exist. Sadly, According to my uh, inside sources, they're actually going to can it in the U.S. They'll, they'll still make the Lexus version, um, but I think it looks like they're going to get rid of the Land Cruiser. Oh, see, I thought they were canning the Lexus version and keeping the Toyota. No, no. Again, according to my sources, uh, and and man, one day when, when my book comes out, let me tell you <laughs> the, uh, the, the shit storm this got me in when I broke this one. But um, Toyota was not happy about me saying this. But yeah, it looks like after 2021, they're going to sunset the Land Cruiser in the U.S. Um, so they sell 4,000 uh, Lexus LX 570s a year to um, 3,000 uh, uh, Land Cruisers. And the Lexus costs, I forget what, a couple thousand dollars more. So right. they're the, basically this, the only physical difference between them is the um, the Lexus has a pretty sophisticated hydraulic suspension system mm-hmm. where the Toyota has fixed springs and dampers. Um, actually it might have electric dampers. I can't remember. It has, you know, steel springs, whereas, um, the, the Lexus has hydraulic springs. So there is a, a physical difference. Um, interiors are different too, but so you know, Lexus is in a lot of trouble right now, even though no one, they're just not making any profits. So, right. um, yeah, they're selling a lot of NXs, but NXs are, they're just, they're just not profitable. And so they're no. not selling LSs, they're not selling GSs, they're not even selling the, the RXs, because there are only two rows, there is that RXL, but no one knows it exists, and it's a horrible name. I was going to say, um, RXL? I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was a terrible yeah. name, and even the RX, I feel like they 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 lost what the RX could have been, I guess, because I feel like it, it should have been a three-row from the beginning, I mean, not from the beginning, but from sure. the, the, the latest model, should have been a three-row just normally. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, like like like, you know, Mercedes... I think has a little bit of this problem with the, with the GLE and the GLC. Oh my God. Uh, wh- whereas they're, they're real similar in size and yes, you can get a three row in the GLE, but like no one's going to get that. And it's terrible. Right. Um, but it's just, they're, they're, they're in so many segments that they, they actually have a bit of a problem. Um, anyways. So yeah, so Lexus, they're just not making a ton of money. So they're like, Hey, if we could get, these Land Cruiser buyers to buy the Lexus will will earn you know five thousand more per unit times three thousand or something like that, uh, and, and 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 so it looks like in the U.S. Um, they're going to cancel Land Cruiser uh, to help Lexus's bottom line, which is a shame. It is a shame. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's my well, my sources said Toyota, of course, no comment at all. Right. Um, that said, I I I, I I I I shouldn't talk about it, but like let's just say. <laughs> Uh, many people in Texas hate me. So. I think your your uh, your autobiography should be called "According to My Sources." Well, I have very good sources. Some of them actually <laughs> live in Japan um, and are of Japanese descent and native Japanese speakers. And I've over the years I've cultivated them as my sources. Um, and the, you know they they love Land Cruiser. Um, they they don't want to see Land Cruiser go away. It means a lot. There's a lot of people at toyota uh americans at toyota usa that also love land cruiser and they don't want to see it go away so they they talk to me because i know i have a big mouth and a, a fairly big mouthpiece um so hopefully the decision gets reversed and and th- there is going to be a next gen 
Land Cruiser. Um, Just not here. In 2022, yeah, globally. And there'll be a next-gen Lexus LX as well. And, you know, it'll three-liter twin-turbo V6. I think it'll be the same engine that's in the LS right now. Um maybe some hybrid although in a land cruiser you don't really need you know it's 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 just meant to like overland right um so i don't know anyway so that's that's what i'm have heard uh it's just a shame though because they are just absolutely wonderful anachronisms you know like people think of toyota it's like oh the prius you know like well (laughs) there's the prius and there's the land cruiser which is a three ton uh 12 miles per gallon (laughs) naturally aspirated v8 with a solid axle it was literally the exact opposite which is kind of which is brilliant which is quite brilliant i mean when you think that there's a car company out there that just gives you gives anybody whatever they want i mean it it, but it's weird because it's the opposite of bmw where i feel like bmw give everybody what they want and it's all just like some of it's good and some of it's crap you know it's like yeah I kind of yeah. Be, well, you know, everybody wants to be Toyota in a way because they want that volume, right? Right. The, their volume is just insane. Best best selling car of all time is a Corolla, right? So, volume's great, but you know, when you chase volume, you water stuff down. Um, and it's it's nice that, and I think it's just part of it is is a little bit of a, a Japanese culture, but that they can they can let niche things lie because like you know they haven't spent a dollar marketing the Land Cruiser right since I don't know the 1960s. You know when's the last time you saw a Land Cruiser ad or marketing campaign or TV commercial? It's just like a in the know word of mouth secret club you know right uh, wink wink nudge nudge kind of vehicle <laughs> stealth wealth. Which there's very few Americans that like stealth wealth, but they've they've allowed it to exist. But it, and and I think Toyota would have no problem. But what's going on is, um, you know, the Toyota in Japan, they're like, why is are we not making cash with Lexus? The whole point of doing Lexus is to make cash. Right. If we're not making money, something has to change. So what's weird because I feel like Lexus actually do make some. I mean, the GSF. I, I have not driven it. I've only you know watched everybody else's reviews, read everybody else's reviews. Yeah. Everybody seems yeah. to really like it. I like the GS as a whole. I think it's a good car. Yeah. Um, the LS GS is wonderful. And the GSF is terrific, but totally sales proof. Like what I've seen one. Right. Know, I right. 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 Where I see, I see, I saw a, uh, a Porsche 356 on the freeway today and, uh, some, oh, what was it? God, it was not, not, uh, uh, ah. so obscure old pre-war British car. So I, I, you know, I've seen one GSF, um, such a shame. You know what I mean? So just literally a sales-proof vehicle, which is too bad because it's a brilliant engine. Right. And it's 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 a great chassis. You know, it's a really, really uh, just wonderfully sorted out performance car, but uh, no one no one buys them. No one knows. No one understands. And uh, going back to the CVT real quick. I Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, um, of course, I'm sure you've driven the original Yaris from years ago, right? The, uh, I'm sorry, the original who what? The Toyota Yaris. Oh, the Yaris, yes. yeah, which was terrible, right? Um, uh, with the stick shift, it was decent. With the CVT, it was yeah, it was, it, they were not good. So I as well got in trouble. I wouldn't say trouble, but Toyota PR at the time were a little upset with me because I. Oh, this, by the way, just real quick, this was not PR that was upset with me. This, much, <laughs> this is executive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So PR were, PR were a little annoyed with me. I Luckily, executives haven't been annoyed with me yet. Uh, but PR were a little annoyed with me because I reviewed, this was 2011 or 12, whatever. I reviewed a uh, Mazda 2 and with the manual gearbox. Fun car. Yeah, Great fun car, car. Awesome car just for the fact that it was simple, you know. Yep. Great manual. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it was wrong for the U.S. market, but a great car. Right, exactly. And so I said in my review in the first paragraph, I said, you know, basically like, sure, the Yaris has a little bit more space, gets a little bit better gas mileage, is and is a little bit better overall as a car. However, it's so boring that its owners are one bad day away from a tall ledge. And right. so Toyota were a little unhappy with, like, why would you say that about our car? And I was like, well, because it's terrible. So... Fast forward to um, nine years later, Toyota drop off a Mazda 2. I mean, sorry, Toyota drop off a Toyota Yaris. I did not mean to actually say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped the new Yaris off, uh, the little the little hatchback. And of course, as you know, we know it's a Mazda 2. It's a European Mazda 2 just imported here as right. a Toyota. Best decision Toyota have ever made for one of their cars, at least for the Yaris, in yeah. a really long time. Because it's really good and it doesn't use a CVT. It just uses a simple six-speed right. automatic like Mazda been right. using forever in a day. 
and it makes the car so much more lively. Yeah, no, you can you can absolutely kill um, uh, a car. You, you take you can suck all the fun out of it with the CVT. Yeah, I, I just want one thing though. You know, it's funny like the, the PR. I guess they they have to pretend to be mad, but I remember <laughs> yeah. like uh, many years ago there was a new Corolla that was coming uh, to one of the Motor Train Car of the Year programs. And uh, uh, it was being dropped off, and we asked the Toyota person who it was. It was in PR at the time. Uh, we said, you know, because it looked okay. It looked like it was new. This is many, many, many years ago. Uh, we said, oh, new Corolla it looks pretty good. How is it? And he, he points and he goes, that thing. Well, I don't know anyone on staff who would take that over a fucking bus pass. <laughs> so, you know. Holy they hell! Know, they know what's up. They know what's up. <laughs> they, they just don't want to see stuff like that in print. Right. And it, I do say that I've said that to people all the time because people have asked me, I mean, I, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. And obviously you've risen to an amazing level being with Motor Trend and but uh, people well, I don't know about that, but thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so people ask me all the time though, like, how do you, are you friendly with people in the automotive industry? Like, do people get pissed off at you? Do people hate you for your reviews? If you say something bad and I always say, well, they know that I have a job to do and I know that they have a job to do. Like they've got a cheerlead no matter what. And I got to be real no matter what, you know, right. we all kind of come together and it's like, well, you know, they, again, like you said, they know the score. They just, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They got to pay their well, own bills. Look, and there's, there's a few that don't for sure. You right. Know, there's, I was, I, you know, I always tell this story, you know, when I, I, I own a, a Fiesta ST and I bought it, I, can't remember, I think I bought it in 14 or, or 2014 or 15. It's a 15. I can't remember when I bought it. But I remember a guy at Ford called my coworker and said, did Johnny really buy a Ford? And he's like, yeah, he's like, but Johnny hates Ford. Why would he do that? And it's like, <laughs> I don't actually hate Ford. I thought that the last gen Explorer, which was garbage, right. uh, so bad that they completely replaced it with a rear wheel drive version. Um, <laughs> you know, I said it was bad, you know, and, 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 and so they get confused. Like, you know, and, and a lot of people get confused with this. Um, I really don't care about brands. I don't sit at home at night and think like, oh, I love this brand so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a product guy, right? So uh, while I was telling everyone you shouldn't buy a Ford Explorer, I went out and spent my own money on a Fiesta ST because I remember this very well. I was sitting there. It was uh, must have been November I bought it. So probably November 14. And we had to write like, you know, what are the best cars you drove this year? So I was like, all right. Well, so I drove a Pagani Wire. That was good. Okay, that was number one. I drove, oh, the AMG 6x6. That was cool. And then the next best car, oh, the Ford, the Fiesta ST. I'm like, why don't I own that? Like, I can afford that because you know, there was steel. So I went out and bought it. You know, it's not, I don't care about Ford. You know, and I, and right? I get accused. Everyone's like, oh, you love AMG. It's like, well, I like certain AMGs. They they happen to be actually really good. Um, I don't, I don't really care about AMG as a brand. Like, yes, I you know I, I I have some friends that work there and things like that. But if they make a bad car, I, I will I will say so. You know, yeah. I, I just I'm just I'm brand agnostic. Um, so, you know, like, like, like with Porsche, I, I have a friend and she has, I don't know, three or four different Porsches. One of those is Macan and I give her shit constantly. Like, oh my God, you bought the <laughs> most overpriced Audi in the world or my Carly. Uh, my, I don't know if you know my yeah, Carly, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Harley's got like a couple of 911. Well, I don't know. He's got a 911 and a, and a boxer spider, right. but then he bought a Macan. I just make fun of him because yeah, you got that first wife, right? I don't, I, I don't know. I just know he got one. But like, it's like I, a 911 great, Boxer Spider, awesome, Macan, kind of <laughs> pathetic. Um, you know, so, it, that, you know, I, I just don't care about brands. And it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to wrap their head around that. Um, and we are in this unique position where I get to drive everything from a given brand, whereas most people, if you buy, like, just make this really easy, a BMW 3 Series, you don't really drive other BMWs, but you really like your 3 Series. Hence, you really like BMW, whereas I drive the 3 Series. Yeah, it's okay. Then I drive the 3 Series. Uh, what's that thing? The, the GT? The Grand, the Grand Touring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, oh, no, Grand Turismo. Oh, Grand Turismo. That's why. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And it's like, oh, my. Actually, that one's not even so bad. The 6 Series Grand Turismo is garbage. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's, it's just like, ugh. Um, and we can also talk about how the 3 Series isn't all that. But you, my point is, I just brands don't matter products matter what bugs me about because i i grew up really loving certain bmws you know i love you of course we love the m3 the m5 you know and and we all yeah, love five yeah, absolutely yeah the e3 like so i graduated in i was born in 86 i graduated high school in 04 um right. 
and some kind of a young pup. But eh, not that young. Go ahead. Yeah, because you're uh, well, you're yeah. what six years older than I am. If that I'm 44. So. You're 44. Okay, so you're 10 I'm years. 11 older. years okay. older. Oh yeah. Well, you know you're. Uh... I just look young for an old fat guy with a beard. Go ahead. <laughs> but I. As I've grown up and as I've grown older, it's I, I always loved BMWs because I thought, you know, oh, well, I love the M3. I love the M5. I love BMWs, right? And yeah. then as you drive more brands, as you get older and drive more brands, you go, ah, I don't I, like you. I'm becoming more brand agnostic because it's like yeah. I just there's certain cars that I like better specifically yeah. for the for the job that it that it does. And yeah. I feel like BMW as a whole have forgotten that they used to make half a dozen cars that filled the same, like just did that perfectly. You know what I mean? Or damn near perfectly. They were, they were, they were chasing volume. Look, I I always go back to like Chevrolet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, like I don't care about Chevrolet. However, you know, the Camaro, uh, is, you know, especially like the, the one LE models, they're, they're as good a sports car as anything on the road. Yeah. Um, they're they're absolutely incredible. Uh, the mid engine Corvette is incredible. The bolt, um, didn't sell well. It's kind of dorky looking, but oh my god, it had 240 miles of range. Right. Uh, well before the Model Three, and actually thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was a great price point. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, the new truck, the Silverado, worst in its class. Right. So while Chevy is capable of great things, they're capable of very bad things. Um, and you know, so it's it's uh, you know, and, and I, I'll get a, like you know, I get a lot of stuff when I'm like, oh, you should. You should drive an SS one LE like I have on a track with like an Oricon. You'd be shocked at how good it is. Right. And people are like, Oh, how much does Chevy pay you? And it's like, well, they don't pay me anything. In fact, they're <laughs> mad at me because I said the Silverado, which by the way, generates is, a, is, is infinitely more important to Chevy. Uh, the Silverado yeah. is infinitely more important than a Camaro. They don't, right. they can lose the Camaro tomorrow and Chevy will still exist. If they stop making Silverados, there's no more Chevy. You know, they're 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 they wish they could pay me to say nice things about the Silverado. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird sticking point for a lot of people. And that brings me to a, a really good question. Oh, I hope so. What what is going I'm tired to of all these bad questions? <laughs> tired of all this shit we're talking. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What's going to happen because of this crisis with the automotive industry and oh. every car company is stopping selling cars, trying to sell an eighty thousand dollar truck to every person, including you know a broke person on welfare. You know? Yeah, I I I don't know. It's it, sorry about that. It's uh, it's bad. It's going to be very very bad. Um, now I remember I'm old enough to have been a professional during the Great Recession, and it was very very bleak uh, mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and then full rebound. And I remember, I think it got as bad as in, in 08. And it might be a little off the numbers, but the new cars in the U.S. dropped to like 13 million a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be uh, healthy, we want to be selling about 17 million a year. Um, and it took a while, but we got back We got back to it. I think we got back to the peak before. Um, so hopefully um, there's a there's a recovery plan in place. Uh, hopefully what we're going through right now doesn't last too long and not too many people suffer, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm not good at, I'm not good at prognostication, um, uh, about, about car sales. I'm just not, um, does it worry you I, though? Yeah, of course. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, does yeah, it, I does, but does it make you think that, cause I had, I had Alana Shiron the other day and we talked about, and of course, you know, Alana, um, yeah. we talked about the fact that, um, that they're going to have to do something because you can't expect people to just run right out and buy a new car. And I talked to her about, I used to, so I sold cars in 2007. I oh, saw the right scumbag. I mean, Oh, how nice. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw the light and I was like, I got to get the hell out of this. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So actually I, this is true. I used to get in trouble when I sold cars. Because I told people too much information about how oh, the yeah. process no, worked. Yeah, never do that. Yeah, yeah. so I always yeah. got in trouble because I'd say, yeah. "Well, here's what you, well, we do. We, you know, we shop you with banks, and we, you know, we try and you know get you the best deal. The problem is, is that when you get into finance, they're going to try and stick you with a bunch of crap. And you know, yeah. here's here's how to go against. It. I used to get in so much trouble for that. Yeah, because you're 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 again, that's, that's <clears> the, the dealer's business model is like, okay, we'll we'll. Yeah, I mean, I, look, this is old news, but like you know, they don't care about price. They just want you to pay 
way too much interest a month, get a get right. a bad load and screw you on your trade in and then make you pay for dumb things like undercoating and low jack. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's like when we bought my wife's, uh, my wife uh, and I just bought, or she bought, sorry, in, at the end of December, a 2019 Jetta GLI with a manual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to sell us a $400 package if we need to replace keys. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. We lost the key. Uh, that's actually 400 bucks is not a bad deal. It's not we a bad deal, a, but I was like a modern key. Oh my God. They're horribly expensive. <laughs> they're pointlessly so, expensive. No, no, trust me. No, look, I, I, I will. I, mean, I sit there. I'll, I'll sit there when I'm buying a car and I'll, I'll sit there with the people and I'm like, I want to be like, you know, I've actually written the article, uh, a couple times for different outlets over my career where I explain, you know, the, 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 uh, bend you over tactics. You're trying to like, <laughs> You know, deploy against me right now, and I'll never fall for the million years. I just sit there and say politely, say no, no, no. Um, but anyways, no, I am worried. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is my livelihood is dependent upon people buying new cars. Um, and uh, you know, I like you said, I've 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 kind of you know risen within this industry, and I'm you know fairly well known at Motor Trend, which is a you know major uh, outlet. Um, but I remember in 2008. Um, having no work. I, me- I remember in April uh, 2008 coming up, I think I was three or 400 bucks short of rent. Ooh. Didn't have it. Just, just didn't have any work. Didn't have, it was, you know, a couple hundred bucks short of rent. So yeah, it's going to be really bad for a lot of people. Um, and like I said, I mean, you know, just hope that um, we can recover because the alternative sucks. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a natural optimist in some ways. Um but, you know, look, as far as the car makers go, I mean, how could they have seen this coming? Because the exact same thing happened to them 12 years ago when they yeah. were like, man, these SUVs are just they're printing cash, man. It's going to last forever. Oh, and, God, I know. Uh, yeah, well, true it again. Um, I, but the good news that hopefully is, look, like I think light trucks and SUVs, crossovers, whatever you want to call them, they make up, I think, 71% of all new car sales. So maybe a good thing that comes out of coronavirus is uh, – People stop buying gigantic battle and kind of get back to having sedans and stuff like that. Well, I hope so. I mean, but the the other big problem is is that I, I hope I hope that car companies, especially the the American car companies, start making sedans again. However, I hope they don't make yeah, a Malibu, well, a, yeah. a, a a Taurus, <laughs> a two hundred. Like, oh, hell. If it's, if it's, well, they can make them good. I mean, name's a name. It's, all you got to do is make them good. No, but that's the problem. Yeah. How how hard did they actually work to make them good? Like the oh, the Impala yeah, that, is the that, greatest yeah. rental car in the world right now. But it's, it's nice. Hey, I like it's a nice car. car. It's a nice car. You know, I could I can think of a lot of cars I would buy uh, after I bought the Impala. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's a good car. It's it's um, yeah. It's but again, like they don't they don't market it. They don't do anything no. with it. So yeah, I don't look. That that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but. Um, you know, look, they're they're capable of making great cars. It's, of course, it's just a matter of it's, it's a matter of you know, it's, it's what Audi did. Um, you know, you have to make great cars across your entire product portfolio for about a decade, mm-hmm. and then it takes about a decade for people to notice. So it's it's a twenty year plan, and a lot of times, uh, a lot of these car companies are like, we got to turn it around in one year, right? Um, but you know, it look it happens. I mean, Lincoln finally turned a corner. Now the problem is, how did Lincoln do it? They made great looking SUVs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. So maybe, maybe, and maybe look also the electrification of the car, maybe this will speed it up. Um, And, and maybe electric cars will just have to look a little bit different, you know? So I I don't know. I don't know. Although, oh, go ahead. ahead. uh, No, I was just gonna say, I would not be opposed to General Motors just making a ton of new bolt and volt type products. Well, that's their plan. I mean, I and I believe they just showed like eleven out of twenty-four of the electric cars they're going to bring online within the next five years. Um, so yeah, they're planning almost full electrification of their fleet. Um, and uh, I know I know some of the people working on that, and and they're they're all off, way off the record, but they're just saying like the amount of performance that they're getting out of what they're building is is like staggering to them. And these are these are people that were involved with like, you know, the Cadillac V's and the, yeah. the, the Camaros and the Corvettes and stuff like that. So, so I'm, I'm real hopeful it's going to be good stuff. You know? That's a, that's another bummer is Cadillac. 
Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, well, I, I mean, I don't great know. cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, their problem is they're not making great SUVs. They're no, making great they're cars. making horrible SUVs. And the new yeah, Escalade I mean, looks the, like hell, except for the inside. Finally, the inside looks great. The outside looks the worst. How, that's debatable. I, I don't. I don't mind how the outside looks, I, but the Escalade's its own thing. It's always been its own brand, right? right? So it's a, it's an outlier. It's the but Corvette like, of Cadillac. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I will say, you know, I just drove that new CT5V. Yeah, and with the exception of the terrible name, like wow, what a cool car, you know? So mm-hmm. like. Here's another case where they're building, you know, especially what does that car compete with, right? So that competes with the um, uh, the C43 AMG, and it competes with the 340i M Sport, and it competes with the S4. Well, uh, compared to all those three, I would totally take the Cadillac, like, without even thinking about the other one. And the Cadillac comes um, with a manual, doesn't it? Um, Not yet, but th- they were kind of like wink, wink. Basically... Okay. This is the 2020 model year, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a super short model year because for just for sounds like for some, well, now, you know, I shouldn't Especially say now. now. <laughs> because, well, coronavirus has interrupted everything. But um, long story short, because of supplier reasons, they didn't get Super Cruise, uh, which is the best technology in the world. They didn't right. get it into the, into the 2020s. So the 2021s are coming soon, and they're going to have Super Cruise. And they were sort of winking and winking that it would there would be a manual. Um, but even without the manual, you know, it's 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 a it's a great it's that ten speed transmission, it's mm-hmm. super good. Same one basically is in like the the, the you know you can get on Camaros now, and it's 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 a good transmission. So now they've, they've done a really wonderful job on that car. I mean, it's it's hard to stress how how great a driving car that thing is, but it's really good. So now uh, I guess we'll go back into yeah. the beginning of your career. Because oh, I feel God. like you want to jump there. Well, I feel like now. I mean, we we dark place. All right, go ahead. I mean, even though everybody knows who you are, like my dad. I told I was talking to my dad earlier. Uh, I saw my mom and my dad uh, basically from very far away. Uh, yeah, I, I just did, visited my mother from ten feet away wearing a, a full respirator and gloves. Yeah, how the how how did that feel? Uh, bad. Anyways, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. I I was talking to my parents and and uh, I hadn't they didn't realize that I had started, you know, this podcast. And so they were like, you know what, you know, they saw me and my wife, you know, what, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, how's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, cause my parents were just so excited to see outside people. They're both, you know, dad, 69, mom, right. 65, you know? Yeah. And, um, I said, well, you know, I started this podcast for, you know, raw autos and I, I've just got a bunch of people on there, you know, got a, bit, a bunch more people coming and I'm talking to Johnny Lieberman later and dad goes, Oh, the motor train guy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah the motor train guy. And so he was like really excited because he's like, I want to listen to that one, you know? So people know who you are obviously. And obviously and now, you know, especially because this podcast, more people will know who you are. You right, know? right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well said, well said. Yeah. <laughs> and, but your beginning is very interesting because I don't know how much you really realize this, but it was you and uh, you and Matt Farah were the two reasons that I actually wanted to write about cars. I did not know that. That's that's uh, that's uh, I'm honored. That's cool. So uh, Matt, Matt's a really good buddy of mine. So I love hearing that even more. That's great. You were the two guys that I, I of course, I watched him and I read you. Yeah. Okay. And. Okay. I, you're the reasons I created my own website and started talking oh, about that's cars. Wonderful. That's exactly cool. how it happened. Okay. And I remember I met you. Uh, so the first time I met Matt was at LA auto show years ago. I met okay. you at, at uh, the LA auto show as well. Yeah. And I felt really stupid because <laughs> I was so excited to see you and meet you. I shook your hand. You shook my hand. You were very nice. You were, you were very, very oh, okay. generous. Good. Few, few. No, you're there's very one generous. Guy, there's one guy who was a real asshole too, apparently. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's <laughs> never lived it down. <laughs> I'll tell you that story in a second. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So I walked up to you, and you were sitting in the press room. You're typing. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember who you were sitting next to, but you were typing, and you looked up, and you were being, you know, you were trying to be cordial, and you know, like, oh, hello, you know, nice to see you, nice to meet you, blah blah blah. blah. And I started to try and start a conversation, go a little bit deeper, and you said, "Hey, I just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm live blogging right now." And I was like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry. I have felt like such an ass ever since. I don't know why. Oh, really? oh yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I just felt incredibly stupid for being, you know. Uh, live blogging. That must have been like when I was an auto blog or something. Maybe. Because like, I, long time ago. I yeah. also met Ray Wirt at. Uh... Oh, God. <laughs> Change the subject. Let me tell you my story. It's way better than whatever you're going to say. So, 
So many years ago, I was, I remember I was running through an airport and, uh, in my entire life. And I've been, you know, I'm a million miler on Delta. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm usually like the top status of, of, of Delta, whatever airline every year. Right. Right. My entire life I've missed one flight one. Right. So I, I just hate missing flights. So I'm running when I'm running through an airport, that means I might miss a flight. Right. Um, and some guy was like, Hey, Johnny, blah, blah, blah. And I like, apparently it was like on the phone and like, kind of like, eh, like barely waved at him. Didn't think anything of it. Anyways, I'm, I, I have a Google alert set up. Every time my name is mentioned, I get like a thing. Right. right. So, yeah. So on Reddit, it's like, you know, Johnny Lieberman's an asshole. And it's this guy. And it's, it's oh, like, man. yeah, I tried to say hi to him. He totally blew me off. <laughs> oh, man, he thinks he's too cool, blah, blah. <laughs> so now I go, like, wait a moment. If anyone ever – by the way, this is, like, a horrible thing I'm doing because I go out of my way, like, how you doing? What's your name? Because <laughs> I, just, I just don't want people to think I'm an asshole uh, if I'm, you know, running to an airplane or something like that. <laughs> See, I, I don't even know the story wrong. I can't even remember if it was an airport. But in my mind, I was I, there was a good reason I wasn't talking to I, I only, uh, I think the, the greatest thing is obviously nobody recognized me. Nobody knows who the hell I am and which is fine. I couldn't give a shit less, but I have met people through friends who when introduced to me, they hear, or they know that I review cars. So they start asking me, do you know? So-and-so do you know? So do you know who so-and-so is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 And I remember one time I was hanging out with my buddy in Wilmington, North Carolina at the beach. And he yeah, introduced yeah. me to a friend of his who had an, at the time an Aston Martin V12 Vantage S. Okay. Um, and, uh, he goes, do you know who Matt Farah is? And I said, yeah, in fact, I actually talk to Matt every once in a while. We text from time to time and he goes, no way. And so yeah. I was like, yeah. So I open up my phone and I text Matt. And I'm like, yeah. hey, there's a guy here that I'm with at this party. And, you know, he says, you know, he he uh, thinks I'm way cooler because I know you. And uh, he just sends back, I'm glad you're famous through association. <laughs> right. And so well, actually, that, that reminds me of a funny one. Uh, one time I was I was going to Matt's house. I was leaving. I, don't, I, I was leaving our office, but I, I called an Uber. And I remember when I'm getting the Uber. The guy is a, it was a BMW 5 Series, but he had a Nürburgring sticker on the back window. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I get in there and the guy's like, oh, my God, I know you, blah, 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 We're talking, talking. And he goes, do you know Matt Farah? I'm like, yeah, you're actually driving me to Matt's house right now. And the guy, anyways, I texted Matt. I'm like, you got to come out and meet this guy. He's really cool. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. I love that stuff. Famous by association is great. It's funny because everybody always everybody always tells you, don't meet your heroes. And then, But I've met almost every one of my heroes, so to speak, in the in the yeah. auto world. And they've all been great. Like I followed Mike Spinelli around the first time I went to an auto show. I followed him around like a puppy asking him everything about, you know, Jalopnik and, you know, yeah. how did you do it? You know, all this stuff. And yeah, he was. How a, did he do it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't even think he gave me a good answer. If I recall he did, correctly, he, doesn't know. No, he has no idea. Was like, I mean, Jalopnik was one of those just crazy things where it was just like lightning in a bottle. Weirdly. It just all accidentally came together at the right time, and then it was all destroyed. But it was, you know, there was about two years where it was really. We always said, I can't remember who first said this, but like, you know, the Velvet Underground always said, like, no one listened to us, but the people who did, they all started their own bands. And we always say, right, no one read Jalopnik, but everyone who did is now a professional automotive journalist. That's what. That's exactly how it was for me. Yeah, and yeah, and no, I know I, it was it, yeah. Between you and Davey G, it, I also feel uh, like an Davey. idiot as well because you told me years ago, yeah. you said Davey G, and I just, I don't know why I didn't associate it with Jalopnik, and I was just like, who? And you were like, stop talking to me right now and go read his stuff. And I was yeah, like, yeah. so I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I looked, I was like, wait a second. Nice price or crack pipe. I've been, are you kidding? I've been reading this guy's stuff forever and a day, and I just, I felt so embarrassed after that. I was like, oh God, Johnny thinks I'm an idiot. No, Ever I didn't think that. No, I just, I just like, you know, Davey was very, you know, lightning in a bottle. He was a. Uh, he was brilliant. Yeah, he really was. By the way, nice price of crack pipe was was originally a Merle Martin thing, and then this guy uh, Rob, I can see his face. I'm blanking on his last name. And Rob took it over and has been writing it for the last decade. But that that was never a Davey thing. I that thought Davey a, actually did one or two. I thought I remembered him doing one or two. He might have done one or two, but I'm pretty sure that was a Merle. I'm okay. positive that was a Merle. Thing. Now, I know it was a Merle thing, but when yeah, I was reading... I, I remember the conversation about why that. 
was picked up. Anyways, that's another, that's all, that's inside baseball. <laughs> no, but see, I like inside baseball. So what, I mean, you, Two inside baseball. you started where? And... Uh, well, okay. I technically speaking, uh, I started at the truth about cars. Right. Okay. Uh, in 2005. And I know it was 2005 because the whole reason I got into cars was, and I shouldn't say got into cars. I tried to make a living at it was I was at my old job. And I remember I turned 30, um, and uh, I was so bored, I couldn't even think of a way to goof off at work. <laughs> I was just, I was just sitting there, and I'm like, if you don't change your life, you're going to be 40 and going through the same thing in the same horrible office in the same chair at the same desk, even more bored, and you're bored to tears at the moment. Um, so I used to read pretty much just Jalopnik and Truth About Cars exclusively back then. Um, and I, and I said, uh, Robert Farrago was running truth about cars at the time and it was just him. He had, maybe he had like one other writer and this guy, Frank, I can't remember though, the, the, the timeline. And I said, Hey, I want to do this. And he was like, all right, well get, get a car and review it. So my buddy had just bought like a Sabaru. So oh, I reviewed yeah. that and he was like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving out a lot, but he was like, okay, pretty good. Yo, fine. Here's your first press car. And I, I figured what it was, but I got, I started getting press cars and writing reviews and you know, I've always written. I always knew I was a pretty decent writer. Um, and uh, but then my third story I ever wrote got picked up by Jalopnik. Cause it used to be this mutual fecundation where you know we'd run stuff they did, blah blah blah. And and Davy, it turned out I had met Davy years before at a strip club in L.A. called Jumbo's Clown Room. Long story. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I, I I'm like, dude, like Jalopnik, that's cool. Like, are you guys hiring? And he's like, yeah, here, talk to Spin. And I pitch spin an idea and um i started writing for both of them and just had a just a lot of success early on and um you know both sites kind of went down the tubes for a while i would say yeah uh but but you know in, in 2005 2006 they were pretty good so yeah that's that's how i started and then i just kind of wrote for everybody and everybody and just did a lot and then um it's almost 10 years ago uh angus mckenzie just you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm fast forwarding a lot of things, but he's like, Hey, you know, do you want to be our senior editor? And I was like, yeah, sure. sounds good. Now you, you actually started because I remember you being with Autoblog and, and you actually started yeah. your first piece with Motor Trend at Motor Trend Classic, right? Yeah. And so that's a funny story. So, um, a buddy of mine has a car called a Tatra T87, yeah. 1941 Tatra T87. And, um, I, was like, hey, Autoblog, uh, I'm gonna, I'd like to write a, a, a story about this amazing, amazing car. And for people who don't know what it is, it's a Czech car, uh, uh, rear engine, four door, four speed, uh, uh, hemispherical combustion chambers, air cooled V8, um, just absolutely just killer gangster weirdo Czech car. And Autoblog and people running it at the time were like. No, nobody cares about that. Why don't you go write about the BMW 5 Series Grand Coupe or whatever? <laughs> and I was like, bastards. And um, and I, I was pretty unhappy at Autoblog, to be honest, even though just, just the way it was being run. And, and, and they just <clears throat> wouldn't really let me do the things I wanted to do. Um, and uh, I, I saw that Angus had relaunched Motor Train Classic, and I, I knew Angus. And I emailed him and said, hey, you know, my friend has this car. And he's like, absolutely, man. That's one of the coolest cars ever. And I remember I wrote the piece and he was like, hey, you did a very professional job. Would you like to have lunch? And it turned out they were looking for people. Uh, the whole story is they were looking for people, but they wanted to give me like an associate editor job. And um, it just would have been a huge cut in pay. And it wasn't really what I was looking for. I wanted to be a little bit more senior than that. So I said, listen, no, I'm, not inter I'm, I'm interested in motor train. I'm not interested in that job. And he's like, well, if, you know, have, in a few months, can I get back to you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm getting married in a few months. So. Um, you know, and then after I got married, he called me and he just called me in his office and let's have lunch. And then he's like, right. Yes or no. Right now, senior editor. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty good. So yes. <laughs> so I think I, actually, I think I actually said to him, I should call my wife, but I'll say yes and call you later. <laughs> so uh, this is, this is how slightly I am obsessed with your career. So I apologize. Um, no, no. I, I apologize. I, and I also promise you, I will, I will not shoot you because I'm not that kind of, uh, crazy. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember your wedding car was a Porsche, um, was a, a Porsche, um, um, hell, uh, Panamera. Was, uh, Panamera. Panamera, Jesus, Panamera. Yeah. Yeah. Four S, four S. <laughs> God, why am I? Yachting blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah, yachting blue. Yes. 
And then yeah. also your uh, your last article at Autoblog was all the cars you didn't review. And it was like eight cars. And it was just like a quick <laughs> yeah. review of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I hate that about myself. <clears throat> Look, here's my thing is, is after a certain amount of time has passed, and you know my biggest enemy in life is is, is my own laziness. You know I'm, I'm definitely my own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, if there's a chance for me to like stay up late and write a, a review or watch a Bosch episode for the fifth time now, I'll choose <laughs> Bosch every time. Um, I'm just I'm just inherently very very lazy. Um, so so th- th- they become what I call dead soldiers. It just means <laughs> there's no help in the story. And there was just a lot, you know, and uh, the ones at Motor Trend are even worse. I mean, I, I feel awful about some of the things that I've been like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. And just, <laughs> and um, it, it's horrible, man. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I, I think was good for me with video was like video was like, you had to show up. Right. Like, writing. It's like, yeah, I didn't, something came up. You know, with video, um, it, it was you had to show up, and and, and the other thing, with a magazine, obviously, you know, magazine deadlines is a real deadline because otherwise you have a hole in a book. Whereas like online is like ah, something came up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, def- I'm definitely my own worst enemy. Like it's um, yeah. And that's that's where I get stuck with myself because of course I have my own website and I handle, I take the photos, I write the reviews. I make yeah, the videos. I edit. You already lost me. I, I'm yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. and I do this to myself all the time because I'm like, oh, I got to get this video done, oh, but I don't feel like it. And so I'm my own worst enemy with laziness, also. And yeah, but probably my favorite thing you've done in your career, and Ooh, this is again this. a David G. Johnson thing, is okay. Point counterpoint. Oh, that he said. He said. He said. He said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that you know that actually I I will take credit for starting that, but it was actually me and Mike Austin. Um, I don't Mike Austin. Austin. Jeez, of Mike course, Austin. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were. God, this is going way back. We were on the Ford Edge launch in San Francisco, <laughs> um, and that's, I remember I met Dan Neal. That's talk about meeting your heroes, right? Uh, I met Dan Neal, and uh, I was like, oh my god! It was uh, so Mike Austin and I. Um, uh, I guess Mike won't care too much. Anyways, he went a little hard the night before, right? And uh, he basically the next morning, he was my driving partner and he I remember he was wearing sunglasses at like eight in the morning and it was like foggy and cold in San Francisco. And he's <laughs> like, uh, would you mind if I didn't drive and just took a nap? And I drove the whole time and, and he, he was like, he had to write something for Jalopnik. I was there for truth about cars. So I'm like, well, what if we just said this? He said, he said thing. We'll just like on, on instant messenger, we'll go back and forth and just publish that. But then Davey and I did it with the, uh, the RS4. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was, it was a little long. I've, I've read it a few times since, but it was the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the gonzo freak spirit of that was a, was a refreshing take on a car review. I thought. I, I always loved it. I, I've always been trying to recreate it somehow, but I can't because I'm the only person that writes for me. And then also I feel like it would just be too much stealing. You know, it's like, I just, it was too. Well, we it was too stealing. brilliant at the we time. Were, here's the thing: we were 100 percent stealing, but we were stealing from Hunter Thompson. Um, right. You know what I mean, we we weren't stealing from from any other car people. We were. I remember we used to we used to refer to ourselves as uh, with Bumbeck and Spinalia, <laughs> do- doctors of automotive journalism, and then uh, Dan Neal would call us the Swedish Mafia because. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but like when that when that Ferrari Enzo crashed in Malibu, yes, with 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 Dietrich running off in the hills and that crazy Swedish gangster guy, uh, turned out he stole two Enzos. Like it was a perfect storm in that like it was so weird. Well, but it was also it was it was, it was like you couldn't create a better story for, no. for Davey and I to like freak out and obsess over <laughs> for a month. And and, so, and the guy, remember the guy was a member of the Swedish Mafia. Yes. So so Daniel would always he just call us the Swedish Mafia, which we loved. Um, so yeah, so basically, I mean, I would say we were we were trying to rip off Hunter Thompson and um, and 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 impress Daniel. That was kind of what we were up to back then. I can't even. Ooh. I don't even think I could tell the story of the first time I met Dan. I, I don't know that I have. I would have permission to say what he said. So, but. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you mine. Mine was pretty funny. I remember I I, I read his stuff, but I didn't know what he looked like. Right back then, you know, you just didn't know what people looked like before Facebook. If you can imagine that. Um, and 
I remember we're standing there, not on the Embarcadero, but some big public space in San Francisco. And we're looking at the Ford Edge, and I remember I um I open the passenger door and I jump in, and there's this you know well put together gentleman sitting in the in the driver's seat, and I kind of looked at his name badge. I'm like, oh my god, you're Dan Neal, and he looks at me, and I, I realize now he looks at my name badge, and I had no idea what. <laughs> you're Johnny Lieberman, and, like, oh. and then That's great. I remember like me, him, and. Uh, Mike Austin were driving around San Francisco and Dan was going on and on about how much he liked the Saab 9-3 and we were telling him he was crazy. And then I think Saab went bankrupt a year later. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that's how I met Dan. And, and we're, we're I, I got to call him actually. We're, we're still pretty good buddies. You know, he uh, lives 20 minutes from my house. I was going to say he lives outside of Raleigh, right? Yeah, he lives. In fact, I actually, <gasps> the weird the weird part is I know where he lives, which is awkward. Not because yeah, yeah. I've followed him there, that. I think. Oh, wait, you're on a podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. Uh, so yeah, right. <laughs> I only know that because they every time they tell me that every time they drop off a car to me that comes from Dan's house, they just basically call me when they're leaving his house because they'll get to me so quickly. Oh, right. You know, sure, 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 so that's sure. the only reason why I really know, you know, understand where he lives. Right, um, right, right. I gotcha. I gotcha. But, uh, but yeah, he actually, um, I told him and Ezra Dyer when they both moved to North <laughs> Carolina, yeah. I, I told them both. I really appreciated that they moved to North Carolina because I got their sloppy seconds and I was very happy with that. <laughs> well, on that note, um, hey, I got it's been it's been an hour. I yeah, gotta, I got a jet because I, I think the kid just woke up. But, yeah, go ahead, man. Um, but Josh, this was fun, man. This is great. It was, yeah, uh, uh, down memory lane and whatnot. Yeah, thanks so much for doing. It. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Um, and yeah, let's do it again. All right, man. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. All right, Josh. All right, bye. Bye. All right. So, what do you think? You think he uh, said his son was? Uh, done napping or was he just ready to stop having me fangirl all over the phone or correcting me on what Davy G Johnson actually did and did not write. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it again. Johnny is of course a, a great person to listen to. Very entertaining. Um, yeah. Uh, what else can you say? We'll have him back on at some point uh, because he is a, a, a charming guest, somebody who's always interesting, always got something wild to say. And that's great. It's great for radio. But that's what makes him good at what he does. This Friday, Mr. Jamie Kitman will be on the Rodgers podcast. That'll go live Friday morning. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends, loved ones, people you hate. If you really don't like somebody and you really want to get on their nerves, send them a podcast that's two hours long. Go ahead. But if you really like somebody... Send them a podcast that's two hours long. Let them listen. Hope they enjoy. Again, subscribe on uh, youtube.com slash raw autos. Like us on Facebook. Well, like me on Facebook. Like me on Twitter. Like me on Instagram if you want to. You don't have to. It doesn't really matter. As long as you're listening and having a good time and taking care of yourself. Remember, taking care of yourself means you're taking care of the people you love. Because if you're alive and well, hopefully, so will they. All right. I'll talk to you guys Friday. Happy motoring.